0: Hey Alina, guess what I did last night? What did you do? Well, once my boy was asleep, I cleaned up the kitchen, I did some journaling, I planned out my to-do list for today, and at this point it was around 10pm and I knew, ooh, I've got a whole hour before I need to be in bed. So I did some embroidery, I listened to a podcast, (laughs) that took me up to 10.45 and then I still had a whole 15 more minutes up my sleeves. So I did some more meme harvesting. I started planning a girls' night out, and then I oh realized, my gosh. oh, uh oh, it's already past eleven PM. But I really wanted to watch some Portlandia because it's currently on ABC iView, so <laughs> I did. And next thing I realized, it's already eleven forty-five, and I haven't even had a shower. And this, my friends, is my nightly ritual of bedtime procrastination. <laughs> wow, I'm glad we're doing this episode. <laughs> it's episode twenty-two of Sister Doctor Squared. We're back, it's two sisters, two PhDs, relentlessly curious about too many things. Hello everyone. First of all, we'd like to acknowledge the terrible and Jagera people as the traditional owners of the land where we are recording this episode, which is in Mianjan country. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to us now. Well, we're back. We're back for 2023. Hello everyone. Thrilled to be back. We've been very delayed in getting this episode out. It's all Alina's fault. Alina, would you like to elaborate? Here we go. <laughs> yes, it's all my fault. Look, just had a lot going on. Mm. Just a lot going on and super busy, mm. a lot of work to do. I injured my back quite badly in February as well and I've had almost 12 weeks of treatment on that. It's intense. Yes. But it's getting there. It's getting there and I'm feeling good. Yeah, So that's I apologise. Yeah. It's all my fault. Janine's been at me almost every single week. Come on, let's get an episode together. So we're here. We're doing it. <laughs> and it's funny because this morning I'm actually feeling quite unwell, but <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not going to pull the one to be the one to pull out now. <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, you're being a good sport. I am. Well, we should mention that we also went along to Tourette's camp for 2023. Um, we some, did. some pickies up on our Insta. It was phenomenally. Amazing as always. Great to catch up with Seamus there. So good. I've got a few other little updates before we get into the episode. Uh, People may remember that in our last episode, which was the Muck Update episode, I shared a survey that I conducted around whether all women like to receive candles as gifts. Alina, do you remember this? (laughs) Of course. A lot of interaction following that episode on this topic. Alina, you may recall that 30% of the women I surveyed said absolutely not. They do not ever want to receive a candle as a gift. And mm-hmm. I'm pleased to report that listener and Square Morgan got in touch to share that he did continue collecting data and the results were consistent. So I'm feeling very validated. Wow. <laughs> oh, he collected data. He I did. He continued he, collecting data. He did data. the survey himself so yes. that we had, we had some male perspective. No, 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 no. He, he continued among his female circle. Oh, thanks, Morgan. That is very nerdy. I know. <laughs> and I think I do have to share that I was lucky enough to head over to Perth to see Queen Bjerg. Mm. Yes. And it was as amazing as, as anyone could hope. This was her only show in Australia. I did not have the money. I did not have the time. But, of course, I just made it. I just had to make it happen. And it went somehow, friend yes. and Yes, friend and square Rachel joined me and just wow, wow, wow. And I do have to share that at one point our queen started wrapping things up and I turned to Rachel and went, sounds like she's wrapping up. Can't be over yet. She's only just started. And it turns out she'd been going for like an hour and 40 minutes. So we were mm. so consumed by her awesomeness that we lost all, lost track of it. That's a front. good show. Yeah. And flashback to I our didn't episode, join you, which reinforces how much I've had going on that I declined right. going to see Björk live. Exactly. It was a sad time. But it was great for me. <laughs> Good for um, you. Did you manage to get backstage? You said you were going to try. <laughs> no. Um, we had like middle of the range tickets and in hindsight I would have, if I if I could go again I would totally pay for the top level without hesitation. It was pretty amazing. Just but make sure good. she knows that you're going next time. <laughs> okay. Make sure she's aware our people can talk to her people <laughs> okay. and then you might get backstage. Rachel and I did um, face paint as an homage to her. It was pretty fun. I know, that was great. Yeah, it was wonderful. All right, so in this episode, we are talking about bedtime procrastination. And as you heard in the intro, this is certainly a huge issue for me. And we know it is an issue for many, many people. So Alina, would you like to kick things off with the paper that you've been exploring? Yes, well, I'm covering the study that introduced the term. This paper is called Bedtime Procrastination, Introducing a New Area of Procrastination. Mm. And the study was done by Floor M. Kruser and colleagues. It was published in Frontiers in Psychology in 2014. The reason they wanted to look at this topic was because people are quite familiar with the phenomenon of procrastination already. So I'm going to define that as unnecessarily putting things off when you know it's to your detriment, usually to focus on some easier, more enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. And they quote in this paper that 10% of adults report chronic procrastination. So I think, Janine, you may have participated in that study. (laughs) Yes, but I just want to point out I'm actually not, I don't procrastinate like with work and with study and that sort of thing, it's a, it's a nighttime phenomenon for me. So continue. Well, we're going to hear more about this. Mm. So well, we all do it to some extent, right? That's right. And as you're kind of touching on there, we usually talk about procrastination in terms of work and study. Mm. So what if procrastination occurs in other areas of life? Mm. It's something that's worth understanding, particularly because it can have a negative impact on people's lives. So these authors wanted to look at bedtime procrastination as something that can really impact someone's health and well-being. Because Janine, if you are delaying going to bed <laughs> to stay up binging on Portlandia, yeah. then you're going to get less sleep. <laughs> this is true. And it is, and sleep is really important. I'm not going to go into detail there, but we talked about this in episode 20 when we talked about blue light at night. Sleep is really important, circadian rhythm's really important for our health and well being. So, bedtime procrastination, is it a thing? And if so, why do we do it? In this study, they surveyed 177 people from the general community to find out. The participants were asked about bedtime procrastination Now, this was measured on a new set of statements developed for the study. I wanted to have a look at this because it was newly developed and I was curious and I'm a nerd and I wanted to see what they measure, Mm. which is things like, often I am still doing other things when it is time to go to bed. Yes. And you answer this (laughs) on a scale from never to always. Always. I easily get distracted by things (laughs) when actually I would like to go to bed. Always. (laughs) And my favourite item, I want to go to bed on time, but I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Always. (laughs) So there's nine statements like this in the scale. And I did I did this scale. I actually scored myself. And I scored very mid-range, Janine. Mm. So I don't think Mm-mm. this is a real issue for me. But yep. I did ask you to complete the scale, Janine. And, and what was your score? So there's no well, idea. it was funny, yes. I got this message from you while I was at work on my lunch break. And I was in fits of laughter when I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean look, I know I'm doing it, but did I know I was doing it this much? No. Oh. I scored out of 45 a 39. <laughs> mm. Right. Your choice of bedtime really is in your control. You know, you, you don't yeah. have you don't work night shifts, you're not doing something. So, yeah, you have a problem and the first step <laughs> is admitting that you have a problem, Janine. For me, it's it's a little bit muddled up because I do, because of the work that I do, I often have meetings late at night and so mm. sometimes I have to stay up for work. And so when that happens, I'm often quite wired and so I'll mm. stay up afterwards and just keep doing things because I think, oh, yeah. what else can I do while I'm up? So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit muddled up for me. So I, I think on a good night, I will just go to bed early and I won't have this issue. Mm-hmm. So... Back to the study. Now, they also asked participants about their procrastination habits more generally, about their ability to self-regulate, which is like how much self-control they have. Mm -hmm. You can see where this might be going, Janine. Yes. And of course, they asked about their sleep outcomes. So how many hours of sleep they get each night, how often they feel tired during the day, and how often they get insufficient sleep. Mm. So here's the results. Most people in the study reported sleeping too little or feeling tired during the day at least once per week. Mm -hmm. Just under a third reported less than six hours of sleep per night on average. Yikes. Oh, no, I'm not that bad. (laughs) That's good. I'm not. (laughs) The average score on the bedtime procrastination scale was 2.8 out of 5. (laughs) So this suggests... There were moderate levels of bedtime procrastination in the sample of people in this study. You know why I'm laughing? (laughs) Because I did my average, Alina. Oh, yes, 39 was your total score, yeah. (laughs) Well, And sorry, what was your? 4.3 out of 5. 4.3 out of 5, okay. Well, that settles it. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I would be an outlier in this study. (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, So the more self-regulation one had the less likely they were to engage in bedtime procrastination. Mm. Those who are prone to procrastination were generally more likely to also procrastinate on bedtime. So that makes Mm -hmm. sense, right? Yeah, it makes sense. But the results suggested that bedtime procrastination was more closely related to sleep outcomes than general procrastination was. Mm -hmm. So people with high scores on bedtime procrastination had worse sleep outcomes than people with high scores on general procrastination. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And bedtime procrastination seemed to be more important when it came to sleep outcomes than self-regulation. So Mm -hmm. what the researchers are saying here is that bedtime procrastination is a specific thing that seems to have a clear relationship with sleep over and above self-regulation more generally. Yeah, that, well, that would fit for me. Mm. And as the authors talk about in this study, what's really interesting about bedtime procrastination specifically is that this kind of procrastination occurs late in the day when you're mm. probably already tired and have less mm. willpower. Yes, so, definitely. There you go, yeah. Bedtime procrastination is also unique in that unlike other things we might procrastinate on, going to bed isn't really aversive. Right. For most people, it's mm-hmm. not something that we typically don't want to do or avoid. You know, like mm. we avoid what, cleaning the house or paying the bills. Yeah. For. Yeah. For most people, anyway, not for me. Sleeping is one of my favorite things to do. Same. I like sleeping, <laughs> but I like doing other things more. <laughs> well, this is what we're talking about. So, exactly. yes, it's kind of a special case because it's less about not wanting to go to bed and more about mm. not wanting to stop whatever yes. it is you're doing instead. That's exactly right. Which is, what are you doing instead, Janine? <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> no, no, really. What are, you, what are the things that you're doing instead? I'm reading. I am messaging friends. I am collecting memes. I am doing embroidery. I am doing craft. I am listening to music. Yes. And sometimes television. Not that much. I'm more, it's more active for me. It's all the things that you have not had time to do during the day. Exactly, that's what it is. It is my time to actually do enjoyable things. I've been working hard all day. Now I want to do some fun things. I'm glad you did confess to the memes thing because I was going to dob you in for that. <laughs> if you were going to say I'm doing important things that you know, it's it's all productive. I was going oh, to say. Oh, it is. There's sometimes a fair bit is. of meme sharing that goes oh, on no, in that time I mean, as well. I know I am doing other things too. I'll be doing research into various topics. I'll get into one of those later. I do. Memes. I'm I'm essentially I'm doing things I enjoy. Memes, and that includes <laughs> that includes research <laughs> and and harvesting memes. I do enjoy that. It brings me a lot of joy, Alina, as you know. Harvesting memes. Lovely terminology. So, yeah, you, you, you you daily I go down into the meme mines. <laughs> <laughs> I got that joke from a meme <laughs> <laughs> of course okay. you did We're getting off track. Focus. Look, no that's it. So that that is a summary of the study. I will say that of course this is a survey so it's an observational study. So we can't say from this study that bedtime procrastination causes sleep problems. The study can only mm. say that they are related. It could yeah. be the reverse. It could be that already having sleeping problems and feeling tired all the time and reduces people's self control, so that they do more bedtime procrastinating. Well, what if if you I don't have insomnia, but if you did and and going to bed was actually a source of stress and dread for you, it could go that way as well. Where yes, you actively and I avoid to that going to bed and times. do fun things. Yes, I yes. definitely relate to that at times. And also. There could be some other third variable going on that leads to both sleeping problems and bedtime procrastination. Mm-hmm. So insomnia mm-hmm. could be one of those things. Yes. Right? Yes. That's right. It's important to point out it's never as simple as this causes this, is it? It's... Well, not not when this is not an experimental study. They have not done a exactly. trial where they randomly assign people to see, you know, what the outcomes are. Thanks. That was great. I mean, as listeners are probably hearing, I'm finding this topic particularly helpful (laughs) and (laughs) enlightening. (laughs) Well, yes. I did not realise the extent of my problem, but I'm owning it now and I'm really looking forward to sharing what I've learned because the paper that I'm covering is by Tio and Wong. They're from James Cook University in Singapore and it's just come out this year, 2023. The authors begin the paper by discussing some previous work showing that the likelihood of bedtime procrastination may be linked to lower self-regulation, as you mentioned, Alina, but also boredom. Oh, right. They go on to explain that people that are more likely to feel bored may be more prone to getting distracted and to fidgeting and they will be more likely to actively look for activities that are stimulating. This will feel more important than going to sleep and or may actively distract them from the impending bedtime. Yes. Mm. Yes, 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 from me. Mm -hmm. People who feel bored often experience a slowing down of time, which is not enjoyable, and we can refer to our earlier episode around the subjective perception of time, and they may be actively searching for ways to increase the stimulation level. So the question then is, can bedtime procrastination be reduced by dealing with this boredom component? Mindfulness has been shown to help with boredom, specifically by improving the ability to regulate attention. Therefore, the authors are keen to explore whether mindfulness may be linked with bedtime procrastination. John Kabat-Zinn, the psychology researcher and mindfulness guru, defines mindfulness as the ability to increase the awareness of the present moment and non-judgmental acceptance of experiences. Mindfulness can teach us to accept the present moment and the experiences and feelings therein, including any so-called negative states like boredom, and it can reduce the need to curb this feeling or experience. Mindfulness helps us gain more control over where we base our attention and brings some space between boredom and any associated negative feelings. The authors were keen to explore whether being more mindful can help people stay engaged with their bedtime routine and avoid distractions. And then if mindfulness does reduce bedtime procrastination, does it have an impact on overall sleep quality? They had 220 participants in the study and the authors are exploring whether different aspects or variables are linked to others. So similar to Alina's study. They are looking for relationships between boredom, bedtime procrastination, mindfulness and sleep quality. Participants did several scales in the month prior to the study, including a mindfulness scale just to assess how mindful they were in general, a boredom proneness scale, a fidgeting scale, a bedtime procrastination scale, and this is the exact scale that Alina outlined from that paper, Mm -hmm. and a sleep quality index. The author's did confirm that participants with a high proneness to boredom were significantly more likely to engage in bedtime procrastination and they had poorer sleep quality. High levels of fidgeting were also linked with more bedtime procrastination and poorer sleep quality. And being more mindful was linked to lower levels of boredom, lower levels of fidgeting and lower likelihood of bedtime procrastination. Mm. And finally, being more mindful was significantly associated with better sleep quality. So pretty clear results here. We can conclude that mindfulness does seem to be at least linked to lower levels of boredom, Mm. which is in turn linked to less bedtime procrastination, which is then linked to better sleep quality. And importantly, the effect of mindfulness was the same regardless of whether boredom was measured as that boredom proneness or fidgeting behaviour. Right. So what seems to be going on is that being bored is linked to higher levels of inattention with the present moment. Therefore, a higher likelihood of getting distracted and losing track of time or getting engrossed in a new activity and bedtime becoming delayed. Mm -hmm. And that's yes, yes, and yes from me. (laughs) (laughs) Boredom is an emotional feeling which can arrive if we feel that a current moment is unexciting. Many people will be keen to move on to a new activity that is more stimulating. Yes, And it is important to point out that boredom isn't necessarily a bad emotion at all. It can push us into new creative pursuits and into trying new things in general. And that's certainly the case for me. Like some of my best creative things happen late at night. Some of my best writing happens late at night. So yeah, I don't think it's all bad. I think it's important to be aware of this issue and own it and see what can be done. So what mindfulness helps with in this context of bedtime procrastination is potentially bringing our awareness to the feeling and the experience of being bored, not avoiding this discomfort, not judging the feelings and thoughts that arise. It can help us to make better decisions in that moment, to focus on and accept the thoughts rather than taking action to avoid those potentially bad feelings. It is important to emphasise that this is also a correlational study. It's not a randomised Mm -hmm. controlled trial where we are testing mindfulness as an intervention. But I think there is certainly some good evidence here that mindfulness interventions are worth pursuing and I am certainly going to give it a shot. And I'm going to report back. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. It will be really interesting to see. Do you know what you're going to do, Janine, to try this out? Uh, I think I'll... Really start looking into some mindful mantras and affirmations and, yeah, I think I'm going to start there. I found a lot of success with that in other aspects in the past. It's also the paper that I covered also mentioned one's chronotype as having an impact here potentially mm. because certainly you're a night owl. So yeah,
1: I think definitely. it's going to be
0: harder for you to repress yes. your, you know, need for stimulating activities late at night whereas for me, yes. I'm a morning person and I'm not interested in staying up late where I don't need to. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Mm. I think also maybe carving out time in my week, in the day, to do some of these things I enjoy, which I don't yeah. do. I focus so much on working, 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 working. So, yeah, there's a bit of people maybe are aware of the revenge bedtime procrastination where you, you are actively going, I'm not going to sleep because I haven't enough had enough time for me. <laughs> yes, and I think this might be quite common among parents of young children? Yes. <laughs> such as you? Yes. Well, you know, sometimes it's 9.30 or 10 when I'm clocking off as a parent. Yeah. And then like, okay, now what would I like to do? Mm. Um, and I think the boredom component, like when I started reading that paper, that, because I wasn't really aware of why I'm doing this. I knew I was doing it, but the boredom really... Mm, it was telling. And I wanted (laughs) to bring up, Alina, do you recall that you were at my place one or two weeks ago and we were hanging out in the morning and I'd said to you, I need to go to an appointment and I need to get there at midday, the appointment at midday. It was 11am and you were like, oh, well, I better go because you've got to go. And I went, no, I don't need to go yet. And you went, but you should be making tracks. Nah, I've got ages. There's so many. And I said, do you remember I said, there's so much more I can fit in before I have to go. And no. you will going, but why don't you just go and then chill out? And I'm like, what? That's so, do you remember I said that would be so boring. Yes, which I could not relate to because I would much rather, because you were going somewhere where it's, it's notoriously hard to find a park. So I was saying go. Yes. Give yourself plenty of time to find a park. So that you don't have to stress when you get there and there's no parks and you have to drive around for a bit. Yes. And if you do happen to get a park straight away, no worries, then you can just sit in your car and chill for a bit. And that idea was just abhorrent (laughs) to you. Whereas to me, the idea of getting there and being stressed about being late because I can't find a park, that is Mm. abhorrent to me. They're very well, different. And do you remember? I did get there quite early, and I was sitting in the waiting room texting you. I am so bored. Yes, I think you texted me with your anger, saying this, <laughs> this was a stupid idea. Now I'm bored. Well, I, I was just thinking, but now you can use that time to do something when you're no, already I there. Do the things I wanted to be doing though. <laughs> Baron, wait, Janine. Oh, it's funny. All you need to look at memes is your phone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yes. So, I, yeah, I've really enjoyed this topic. I will definitely be being a lot more mindful about this and seeing how I go. Yes. It's been really interesting for me too. And I've certainly learned a lot about how different you and I are mm. and also how this might be an issue for people. And like I said, we yeah. focus on procrastination in terms of work and study. But there's so yeah. many things that people might procrastinate on. Think about... yeah. Think about things where there's no deadline. Like there's no deadline for getting out of a really bad job or getting out of a really bad relationship. These are also things that we procrastinate on because they're hard. Yes, because we're avoiding just the the yuckiness of it. Yeah, that's true. All right, everyone. You know what time it is. It's inner square time. Alina, I don't know about you, but I have a massive backlog of inner squares, but would you like to go first? I'll go first. So mine's a very recent one. I, as you know, was it just last week? I broke two of my small toes. and Yeah, was it last was, week or the week before? It was recent. It was very recent. I think it was last week. It was a really interesting experience for me because I've never broken a bone before. Mm, no one in our family has. I've had all sorts of other injuries from my sporting days but never mm. broken a bone. So I really nerded out trying to understand everything on my X-ray report. Would you like to hear it, Janine? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we've got findings. There is a non-displaced transverse fracture through the proximal metadiaphysis of the second toe proximal phalanx and a suspected similar but slightly less obvious fracture at the same location in the third proximal phalanx. No extension to proximal articular surfaces, no other fracture, no joint subluxation. Thank you for referring Alina (laughs) Wojcic. Now... I kind of get the gist of that, but I didn't want to stop there. I wanted to know everything. So, we have got a whole lot of words in there that I've never heard of. Metadiaphysis, and I'm not 100% sure that's how you pronounce it. I I looked at some varying. Varying versions of how that's pronounced on the internet. But anyway, so what is a metadiaphysis? Metadiaphysis is a portmanteau. So I thought, oh, what's that? I don't know what that is. So then I looked that up. <laughs> and according to Google, a portmanteau is a large traveling bag, typically made of stiff leather and opening into two equal parts. And I thought, I don't think that's what a portmanteau is in this context. So I kept looking. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently a portmanteau is a word that is a blend of words yes. in which parts of multiple words are combined yes. into a new word. Yes. So, okay, you're familiar that's, with this. Yes, I was. That's why when you started talking about suitcases, I was really confused because uh, so that's what I. I thought it was. So was but I. I guess do we I do, I do call I them a port. I don't think that has to do with mm. foot morphology. But do you remember when we were young, mum would call our bags our ports? Oh, oh she that? did. Is that where that came from? It must be. Oh, wow, Okay. There you okay, go. I'm getting off truck again. Go. Well, they certainly weren't leather. Anyway, so brunch is a portmanteau. Spork, spoon and fork, mm. and craft, Mm-mm-mm. you and I love that one. Cry and laugh is a portmanteau. So, okay, there we go. So, so metadiaphysis is a portmanteau of of metaphysis and diaphysis, right? Oh, and it's just got it's it. just describing where it is in the in the toe, in the in the bone, the particular point on that bone. So, right. Well, I know proximal. Yes, proximal. Proximal as opposed to distal. I had to learn that in anatomy. Exactly. Closer to the body as opposed to further away from the body. Yeah, transverse, so the the crack is across the length of the bone. Yes, yes. Um, We've got no extension to proximal articular surfaces so that the crack does not go towards the end of the bone. Mm-hmm. No joint subluxation, so it's it's not dislocated, right? Mm-mm. So I'm looking all of this up and I'm understanding the X-ray the X-ray report. So then I thought I'm going to put together a new version of my X-ray report in plain <gasps> language. Oh this is brilliant. So here's what I've come up with, Elena, you have two <laughs> fractures in your foot. They're in the second and third toe. One's not as bad as the other. All your bones remain where they should be. You don't need any further treatment. Take some paracetamol, ice your foot, and stop running around the house in socks. (laughs) Kind regards. (laughs) Oh, that's good. You know what? And that makes sense. You know what? This has taught me. Okay, what are they? What what are they? Radiographers, radiograph. No, that's the person that does it. Radiographer is the person who does the scan. A radiologist is the person who interprets the results. and writes up the report. Need to employ science communicators so that everyone can understand those reports. Because yours was extremely clear. Oh, that's funny, Alina. You mentioned that you were running around the house in socks when this happened. Do you want to elaborate on why? <laughs> Not really, but I will. I was playing with my cat Mishka (laughs) and we were playing chaseys and I was running and we have bamboo floors in our home so they can be quite slippery. Mm. I was in socks and I slipped over running and then slid foot first into a concrete wall (sighs) and broke two toes. Also, but can you actually identify on the x-ray any shadowing or anything because that's the part I stare at I cannot find anything. It's an no, art form isn't it being able to interpret those things? Yes, I couldn't see anything. Mm. Obviously I'm not a radiologist no. so I can't I can't see where it is. But that's why I was studying the report yes. so much because I wanted to see where is the fracture? Yes. I wanted to well, understand. You, you could feel that you had one, but you wanted to know more. I had no idea what was going on. When I went to the, it was just pain. It was just mm. pain, general pain. The doctor, mm. I said, I think I've hurt my toes. And the doctor <laughs> said, which toe? And I said, I cannot tell you that. Oh, wow. It's just it's general pain. pain in this region of yeah, the Yeah, 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 yeah. And she looked at it and said, I think it's the second and third based mm-hmm. on how it's looking. And mm. we went from there. It's funny because it reminded me of, and this is what I'm going to talk about. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay. Because I'm going to talk about updating my will, but slight tangent. Do you remember when I was first getting this drafted up oh, a year or two ago and you and I were just trying to understand it? Oh, the like, legal. I went in saying, yeah, this is what I want. And you walk out going, I have no idea what any of this says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need you to reword that too. But anyway, so... I, yes, I have been updating my will, but for the very specific component of what I want done with my remains when I die. Mm. And, of course, being the square that I am, this has required loads of research. Yes. And, look, this is one of the things I do at night when I'm procrastinating going to bed. because Planning this is, out what's going to happen when you die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And going... To great lengths to do all of the required research. My main considerations have been what will be meaningful and not too confronting for the family, of course, especially my son. And also, no surprises, how green and sustainable the process is. Yes. After much deliberation, I have decided to go with this thing called Aquamation. Mm hmm. And I started nerding out about this with Alina, you know, saying, okay, I'm updating my wheel. This is what I want to do. And I want to tell you all about it. And you said, I don't know if you remember this, but you said, can you just save this essay and inner square it on the next podcast? <laughs> yeah, because I want to hear all about this. And I think I might've been busy at the time, but I thought this <laughs> is useful so like, okay. to, for other people to hear about too. If you do want a more environmentally sustainable way of mm. disposing of your dead body. Yes. So here we are. I am explaining it to you now. I think you you know a little bit about it already. Um, I do a little now, bit. Look, this is not everyone's cup of tea. If you're a little squeamish about this stuff, you might like to skip forward for a minute or two. Um, so, aquamation is a form of what's called alkaline hydrolysis. What happens is the body is placed in a strong alkali liquid and heated up for just a few hours. The whole body gets liquefied, except for the bones. And the at the end of the process, the end result is bone ash. And it was, Alina, it was your partner Mel who first introduced me to this idea when we were at the school fete earlier <laughs> in the year. Because yes, this is the kind of stuff we talk about at school fates. We were lounging on the up. picnic rug, going, so what are you doing with your body when you die? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna go get some ice cream, but before that, <laughs> thought about aqua. Exactly what happened. <laughs> But it's important to talk about this stuff. I think it's really important to talk about this stuff. Well, the reason this is becoming more popular as an option is because we're running out of land to bury people. There's so many reasons. Well, when compared to other options like traditional cremation and burial, it has significantly lower energy consumption, significantly lower greenhouse gas emissions. And I personally quite like the idea that the ashes can be scattered somewhere meaningful for me. And that no one has to be concerned with the upkeep of a burial plot. That's just my personal thoughts on the matter. Yes, um, that's fair enough. Is it called yeah. ashes when you do aquamation? Yeah, they say, they do call it ashes, yeah. Okay. The, the funniest part, I mean, I've been consulting with a few companies that do it, just asking, like, how does it work, what's the process, and one of them said, <laughs> when the ashes are ready, we will we send them to you via Australia Post. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, <laughs> I don't know if I like that part. I hope well, it's registered sh- post and we <laughs> can track it. <laughs> anyway. So, Alina, that is what's in my wheel. Now you know and please comply if you are around when the time comes. Sure. And, of course, everyone out there, you've got to just do what's right for you. I'm not pushing an agenda here. I just thought it was interesting and people might be interested to learn more about it. But I think you know, so.
1: It's go always good out, to do know your, your own what you, research.
0: Yeah. It's good to know what your options are. Work out what's best for you and and have these conversations. I think it's important. And again, like this is what I do instead of going to bed at night, is read about this. Well, I'm very happy because you do a lot of these things where you look into something and do the research for me, so then I don't have to. Yeah. So I don't have to go and look into this now because you've explained it to me. And yeah. I can sort of i I think I'm on board too. So I can just oh, really? say, you know. It's like I'll have what she's having. (laughs) That's funny. you Are going to do it too? You reckon you would? Yeah, I think so. Nice. Okay, good. Well, go and get that noted in your will. I mean, you don't necessarily have to note it in your will, but I just like knowing that it's all, everything's all together in one place. I think it's useful because then the people left behind don't have to spend time thinking about what to do. Yes. Exactly. That is because it's such a difficult time. And I remember when mum died, that was, ugh. do you remember? Like, what songs do you want to listen to? What do you want to hear? What, do, what flowers do you want? And you're just like, I don't want to even talk about any of this. We were quite young though. Um, so if, if people have mapped it out and you know it's what they would have wanted, I think it's very helpful. Okay. Are you going to go to the level of, of saying what songs you want at your <laughs> funeral? Mm, yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll do that tonight at 11 p.m. <laughs> 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 oh thanks Janine. Good episode. Good to be back. And thanks everyone for listening. Everything we've talked about, the details are available on our website. Please do follow us on socials, on Twitter, on the gram, and on Facebook. And if you like listening to Sister Doctor Squared, please buy us a coffee on our Kofi page. The link to that is on our socials. So, Janine, you're going to go and have a lie down now? Oh, I've got about, I'm not joking, I've got 25 items on my to-do list today, but I am going to just peel it back. What do I need to do? And then I'm going to go to bed. And then you'll get to most of them at about 10pm tonight. And then I'll start planning my funeral songs later this evening. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, have fun with that. Stay square out there. Bye for now.